First of all, it's, it's when, the, when the lights come on, the freaks come out at night. So, you know, when they come on, it's time to shine. You're listening to the From the Pink Seats podcast, powered by the State of Louisville Network. Welcome into another episode of From the Pink Seats. I'm Jacob Lane of State of Louisville. He's Matt McGavick of Cardinal Report Sports Illustrated. And this is a beautiful Friday afternoon in Louisville. And there's a lot going on, Matt. A lot more rich people in Louisville, I I guess you could say right now, right? Yeah, it's a new era of collegiate athletics. The name image likeness era is finally here. And since Louisville has been ahead of the curve for almost a year now, uh, a lot of guys across both the football and the men's basketball team are starting to cash in on it. And I'm sure as the week progresses, we're going to start to see more guys start to put their name out there with deals and endorsements and all that, all the things of that nature. And we got a great show in store here. Just Matt and I for the day. You're stuck with us. We've got new artwork. <laughs> if you've not seen our ugly mugs, please go check that out. Look at this at the, the new um, art done by, uh, our good friend, uh, Ronaldo Moore, Boudreaux Wilson, check him out on Instagram. And uh, we got a lot to get into, Matt. We're going to talk a little bit of name, image, likeness. We're going to bring the big three back, do a little bit of recruiting talk. It's been a lot of commitments. Louisville's got another one of those big roles going, it seems here. Commitments every day, which is keeping our resident journalists busy, I'd imagine, correct? Oh, oh my God, yeah. It's, I'm just telling you before we started recording, I could use a nap. <laughs> There's, it's not truly the offseason. We've got, like you said, recruiting is in full swing. The NIL stuff has just been fast and furious over the last day and a half. It's, hey, I, I could use a vacation. <laughs> it sure sounds like it. All right, well, before we get into some of the housekeeping stuff with the show, make sure you're following us on Twitter if you're not already. That is at Pink Seats Pod, and then, of course, at General Wasp, at Jacob Lane 08. And, of course, check out State of Louisville, Louisville Report, all those great places where you can find our work, written, audio, video, all that good stuff. Right now, if you check out Matt's website, you will see his ugly face everywhere. <laughs> don't let that scare you away though great content but let's talk about our giveaway we've talked about this now matt for a couple of weeks we've been kind of teasing this hopefully uh this isn't going to disappoint but it's finally time to reveal some of the details here including the prizes right who doesn't want to talk about prizes matt your walls look very bare you could use yeah they're extremely this, bare <laughs> you could use this grand prize could you not oh i absolutely could use this uh, grand prize it's a shame i can't enter for it since i you know co-host the podcast but alas we're going to give it out to one of our lucky listeners should i go ahead and divulge what this grand prize is do you, th- you think we've let's done enough teasing it. all right let's we've talk done about enough it. teasing we've seen I've, there's been a couple of pictures online so if you follow us if you're actually like tuned into the show listening following us on twitter you've seen this but for those of you who haven't matt describe this in in the best way that you can um, first of all, who doesn't like bourbon? Now, it's not actual bourbon that we're giving away, but it's bourbon related. I mean, I've, I, who's gone to a place and you see a nice decorative bourbon barrel head and now incorporate that with Louisville Athletics? And what's some of the one of the more iconic Louisville photos over the last five or so years? A lot of, a lot of people will probably think hmm, maybe the Lamar Leap. Well, our grand prize, a 21 and a half inch Lamar Leap bourbon barrel head made courtesy of your brother, Jay Lane. Yep, made by Jay Lane. Jay does fantastic work. It is incredible to see his talent on display with a piece like this. And we're going to give this to a lucky winner to put up in their man cave, their living room, wherever they want to put this. Uh, it's a beautiful piece of art. And, and of course, you can check that out on our Twitter account right now at Pink Seats Pod. But that's not it, Matt. 
we call it the grand prize, but there's a there's a lot of other prizes, and I think they're pretty grand. One of the other prizes is some State of Louisville gear, courtesy of T-shirt hooligan. Got a nice looking hat, nice looking shirt. But another prize you could possibly win. A cameo from Scott Satterfield himself. That's right. Cameo has been really hot over the last couple of years. You can get him to wish you a happy birthday and happy anniversary. You can get a little pep talk. Maybe even he'll give you his thoughts on what Louisville basketball and Louisville baseball might be in 2021. You never know. But that that's going to be our, our second prize here, second and third prize. So basically the way this boils down, Matt, three winners three prizes. One will take home our bourbon barrel from Jay and one will take home a t-shirt and a hat of their choosing from our friends at t-shirt hooligan from the state of Louisville collection. And then one of our, our good, uh, or one of our listeners will, uh, have the cameo from Scott Satterfield. So a lot of good stuff here. Thankful for our sponsors here who have pitched in to giving us some, some things to give away. Uh, and we hope this is going to get everyone excited for Louisville football, the instructions and the, the, the contest of how to enter here. Pretty simple. I'll go through this really quickly. Again, you can see this on our Twitter account. You can find all the information there we'll make sure we pin this so it's easy to find but all you have to do in order to win one of these prizes to be entered to win one of these prizes is you have to retweet it on twitter this is a twitter contest so retweet it on twitter two you just got to take a screenshot on your phone on your computer however you want to do it of you uh being subscribed to the podcast from the pink seats and that can be on any platform you get your podcast from and then show us that you're following jay on twitter and that's at made by jay lane so we just need two screenshots matt that's easy right Matt, do you know how to enough. do a screenshot on your phone? Yeah, I've, I've taken my fair share of screenshots over the years with keeping track of various posts by athletes and whatnot. So, yeah, that's fairly easy. I think if I can manage it, you guys can manage it. I think you're more likely taking screenshots of how those DMs are getting, Matt. <laughs> and thirdly, <laughs> you're the more attractive one of the two. You're the one probably getting DMs, know, my friend. I'm seeing your your face over my right shoulder here, and it is it is absolutely beautiful. I, I see both of our faces over your shoulders, and we look like we work at either Chick-fil-A or Wendy's. We are. We are. And thirdly here, reply to the contest post with those screenshots showing us that you're following uh, Made by Jay Lane on Twitter and that you're subscribed to the podcast anywhere you get your podcast from. Contest ends uh, 7-16, and we will announce the winner during the podcast uh, the week of 7-19. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, and make sure you're tuned into our uh, – uh, there will be two episodes from now, I believe – uh, make sure you're tuned in and, and locked in to listen to that. Uh, and the other thing is, Matt, I got to make sure that I, I throw this out there. I didn't think about this till this morning. In order to win the grand prize, not the cameo, not the shirts, but in order to walk away with the bourbon barrel head, you will have to be able to pick that order up, meaning you will probably need to be in Louisville or close to Louisville within driving distance. So keep that in mind. If you're entering, that shouldn't uh, eliminate anybody, but uh, just something to keep in mind from a logistics st standpoint. Now, Matt, let's talk football. Let's move into our, our segment here, the big three. Bam, let's do it. Headline from the Louisville Report, Matt McGavick, Louisville athletes taking early advantage of NIL. It's been a very busy couple of, uh, not even days, it feels like it's been days, but it feels, uh, but it's really just been hours, a little bit over 24 hours since the uh, new NCAA policy rules, government, whatever you want to call them, uh, whatever it is that grants these things to begin happening are happening, players are making money, and there actually was um, quite a bit of movement. Yeah, there was a fair amount of movement. And there's, there's been a couple things kind of leak out today on uh, June, uh, July 2nd. That's not June anymore, it's July. But it, most of this stuff happened on July 1st when this was the first day of the name image likeness era. And uh, I think the most noteworthy one was uh, quarterback Malik Cunningham. He actually partnered with uh, Dreamfield, which is an NIL company that was co-founded by uh, FSU quarterback Mackenzie Milton and Miami quarterback Derek King. And it specializes in public and or personal appearances. And he... 
might be a little rich for my blood, but I'm sure some people will be able to afford this. He has a personal appearances that started at 250 per hour, and then it's now up to 300. Uh, I know wide receiver Jordan Watkins. He partnered with Rivals to uh, grow his brand. Brand. He later announced a, a, a future podcast with a site called the Jordan Watkins Show. So if you guys are into podcasts, which if you're listening to us, I assume you guys are, you might want to check that out when that gets uh, announced. And a smattering of people, including Watkins, partnered with uh, GoPuff, which to be Quite frank, I had never heard of before a couple but days that's ago. That's your kind of place, though, Matt. You're talking candy, snacks. Like that's a that's a total brand. <laughs> okay, I can take it from Gunter. I can take the roasting from Gunter Brewer. I don't know about you, but anyways, GoPuff is a food delivery service uh, similar to like Uber Eats and all of those things. It's they're they're corporate partners with Open Doors, which is a nil company that Louisville announced a partnership with last year. So Watkins, defensive tackle Desmond Tell, uh, offensive lineman Adam Spoon, DN Yaya Diaby, uh, another lineman and Mason Riger. They've all partnered with GoPuff. I saw that uh, Derek Edwards, one of the Louisville signees, announced his own YouTube channel. Not sure how the monetization is going to work there, but I'm sure there's going to be something involved. There's, there, there's been a lot of moving parts over the last 36 hours. It really has. And I got to tell you, I loved my, my favorite thing from yesterday was seeing the quick announcement and, and subsequent scrambling to, to land athletes from Barstool, which I'm not a Barstool fan. I'll be no, quite honest I'm with not. you. I think it's a big flaming pile of horse shit. But um, it was interesting to see Dave Portnoy yesterday get involved to launch a talent agency, which we also saw locally here with somebody who I do admire and do uh, like to follow with that's Joey Wagner launching Joey Wagner, yep. uh, Rocketeer Sports, I believe is what a Rocket Sports, a new Rocketeer Sports Marketing, I believe is what yeah. it's called. He uh, he's actually the one that's uh, helping broker uh, Samuel Williamson. Yeah, fantastic. So that's a guy who's local and knows the ties. He's going to be able to kill that and do a lot of great things for athletes. But uh, the interesting thing was seeing some of the you know the calls from Barstool, and you know Barstool, they've got a specific brand. They like outlandish things, and you saw players from the D three level with you know handlebar mustaches to you know overweight hockey players <laughs> tweeting at them saying that they were perfect for barstool somebody who could be a pat mcafee or or put together uh you know a barstool type of uh, arrangement from louisville and i gotta tell you isaac martin would be the guy i think i'd go to that one of the players from louisville he's uh front, played at trinity his hair his like just the way that he plays football just his aggressive over the top he's the guy that'll bang his helmet on his head he'd be a perfect barstool fit I, I think he'd be fantastic. And maybe I'd actually like Barstool if he was there. And he, I, I don't know if I would, but no, I, hey, I'll, I'll support him in, in his endeavors and whatnot. Talking about the brand being strong, how about Cole Bentley putting out a feeler for food deals on Twitter? That was yeah, if that, if that doesn't describe history. offensive linemen right there, I don't know what does. And I'm sure there's going to be uh, other offensive linemen partake in food-related endeavors, but he was actually someone who uh, was starting to partner with GoPuff, and I'm sure – there's going to be, from what I've seen so far, like the go-to uh, deal that's brokered through Open Doors. I'm sure there's a lot more through Open Doors, but that seems to be like the most basic one to like kind of get your feet wet in. Yeah, they're all very interesting. And we're going to talk more specifically here in later part of the of the show as we talk about the name and image likeness stuff, the future, what you know, what to come, the challenges of it. I've got some worries about a lot of this stuff and a lot of concerns from uh, – for those of you that don't know, I have a full-time marketing background. I work for an advertising agency now. I work in paid media work in sponsorships. I, I do this for a living. And, I, you know, I, I've been very excited about the opportunity here, but there are things that I think players um, are very uh, wide-eyed and naive to uh, at this point that we'll get into here in a little bit. I don't want to spoil that, but so we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later. 
All right, headline number two. Yeah, yeah, big three. From the state of Louisville. Louisville football lands its fifth commitment of the 2022 class in speedy wideout Xavier Thomas. Uh, Three-star receiver out of Louisiana. Really nice pickup. I think a lot of people had um, – you know, kind things to say about the the commitment there. Uh, also worth noting that since we recorded last, Matt, they've landed commitments, uh, two commitments in the class of 2021 uh, in JUCO QB Brock Doman uh, and JUCO defensive back Trey Franklin, two completely under the radar picks that I don't think anybody knew either of those names uh, before they committed. Uh, and then they also landed uh, unranked wide receiver Chance Morrow, as well as three-star offensive tackle Isaiah Reed. So uh, a lot of movement happening here for Louisville football in the class of 2022. It seems that they potentially have closed out uh, the class of 2021, but uh, back to Xavier Thomas, what are your thoughts, man? I know you do, you do a lot of the, the journalism thing and a lot of the football breakdowns. What did you see? What do you like? What do you don't like? Give us a little bit of a breakdown here. I know it, it's kind of cliche to compare him to Susu Atwell just because he runs a similar speed. Cause he, he was clocked at a camp hosted by LSU earlier this offseason of running a four, three which I mean, Satterfield and company will definitely continue to take players that can run that kind of speed. Cause we know what kind of speed threat can do in his system, but picture, Tutu Atwell, but a little bit bigger because Tutu, he was what, 5'8", 5'9", 160 soaking wet. Xavier Thomas was 5'11 and 190 pounds. He's basically got the body of a, a flanker type receiver, like an X receiver, but he's playing more so inside the numbers and, and operates mainly out of the slot. He's obviously, he looks really good out in the open field. He has a nice long stride. Ex- acceleration is top notch. Route running could be a little bit better. Obviously, there's, there's no prospect is going to be perfect but he's another one of these prospects where he's got a really good solid base to work around with and what you can't coach speed you, you, you can't so having that coming with him th- this is a prospect that i think could be one of many underrated gets for the staff when everything is said and done uh, the thing that I like is just the 190. You know, Tutu Atwell got drafted, and he wasn't even close to that. At, at, you know, at 22 years old, fully developed, coming out of college, so to get a kid with that type of speed, with that frame. I saw somebody mention on Twitter, potentially, you know, a comparison to A.J. Brown and the Tennessee Titans. I really like that. Um, just and he's got a good he, vertical, too. I forgot to mention that. But I, I watched him make several uh, jumps, not both contested and not. Like I saw there was one where he took a post route and the ball was just way overthrown and he was able to jump up and get it. And there were a couple of plays where he was just running down the sideline and had a couple of guys on him and he was able to jump and fight through traffic to get the ball. And he's got really strong hands too. So I, I'm, I'm excited about this. Uh, the commitments of, of Chance Morrow and Xavier and Thomas bring up questions specifically as to how many more receivers will they take? That leaves out somebody that's very high powered. We'll talk about that here shortly. Uh, but again, it's good to see the staff starting to get on a roll. The last two years, we've seen that in May and June where they just start to get commitments. But this is a much smaller class. Things are quickly um, kind of clearing themselves up here. All right, Matt, final headline here from NFL.com by way of Nick Shook. Yeah, yeah, big three. Come on. 2021 all under 25 team. Lamar Jackson leads NFL rising stars. The NFL, uh, NFL.com put out a list of the top 25 players under the age of 25. It's an interesting list, and and maybe this isn't shocking to you, but I kind of thought Lamar Jackson being number one is a no-brainer. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy how many people continue to doubt him. I mean, but he's already proven that he can play in the NFL. He's proven that he can throw the ball. He's proven that he can win games. It's just that he's fallen to some bad luck in, in some of his games. 
mistakes and whatnot because he he's still young he still has, has made some mistakes particularly in the postseason during his mvp year but with each year he's gotten progressively better which is crazy to say about someone who's already won the mvp it, no matter what lamar jackson does i've just come to realize that as soon as he gets the one criticism right it's always the next one like just that just encapsulates the disrespect that lamar gets <laughs> Be better, Ravens. Do do better. Get get a better offensive coordinator because Greg Roman is not it. I'm sorry. I will continue to say that for however long I need to. That will be the, the ultimate excuse fallback is Greg Roman sucks. But Lamar Jackson has done everything he can to maximize his potential, his earning power there. He's done a great job. But uh, Jair Alexander, Mekhi Becton, both on the list. That's two other Cardinals uh, that are in the, you know, the top uh, echelon of young players in the NFL. That's got to be able to be translatable to Scott Satterfield and his staff. Has to, right? They have to, at some point, take advantage of the prior success and current success of former players. Because it seems like one thing out of the multiple things that Bobby Petrino did wrong was that they did not capitalize on the recruiting trail of the success that Lamar Jackson had. Petrino, if Petrino was not going to do it, Satterfield has to you sell, even though he didn't coach Lamar. Just say, hey, we've got guys in the league. We've got guys winning the MVP. We've got guys that are some of the best up-and-coming talent in the NFL. That could be you. At some point, they have to be able to translate past success on the recruiting trail. And I don't know when that's going to happen, but it has to happen sooner rather than later because it's already getting closer to the later part. You come to Louisville and the Lamar Jackson thing is everywhere. I, I know that was a few years ago. Like you said, he didn't play for Scott Satterfield. You know, you would think that the staff would be able to translate that better. And Mekhi Becton being most recent, he uh, the 11th pick, uh, the, one of the best offensive linemen in the entire NFL is translating to no not unranked, uh, no star offensive tackles. Something is wrong with the recruiting but you know what i'm saying like if you look at it that yeah, way no, i i can see where you're coming from there i get it's lsu right I, I or clemson or whatever you want to do but like you don't become an nfl factory at a position by using the the success of deandre hopkins and sammy watkins and turning them into you know a unranked player with minimum offers who is a, a, a diamond in the rough no you turn that into other five-star players into other four-star players you should be able to take that success and make more of it i guess is what i'm saying as we transition here out of the big three let's let's talk a little bit about one thing that will definitely help improve football recruiting and that's name image and likeness we we spent a little bit of time at the top of the show talking about it mentioned malik cunningham joining up with the guys at dreamfield we talked about you know the adonis boone jordan watkins does tell partnerships and uh, the ability to to accept those partnerships on a platform like open doors uh, we've seen you know across louisville other sports we've seen you know Haley van lith's team organizing on how they're going to monetize her name image and likeness we've seen you know some of the basketball players already land deals sam williamson uh, so louisville and Vince Tyree, their their administration seems to really be out of the gate hitting things really hard here. Like they're they're really winning, I would say. And this is one of those things, Matt, that if you you win, you're going to create distance um, with your competitors, no matter if you are Louisville or if you are San Diego State. At, at this point, it doesn't matter what school. If you get name, image, and likeness right and your players are profitable, that is going to elevate the, the kind of level of people you can go after. 
you sat last week and listened to Vince Tyree talk about the the initiatives that they have and how they've been preparing for this. There's been other ADs. Mitch Barnhart comes to mind. Um, I forget the AD that, that said this week that he didn't even know about name, image, and likeness until a few months ago. Um, so there's obviously varying levels here of, of programs being able to get this right and not. In your opinion, what has stood out the most um, in terms of what Louisville football has done so far? Doesn't surprise me as much as it should, but just the amount of pe- amount of guys who were able to get in front of this and announce deals. Now, considering how prepared Louisville was for months leading up to this, that that shouldn't surprise me. But con- considering for years we've heard from the top people at the NCAA that college athletes should not be able to make money. They'll never they'll never make money while we're here. And Mark Emmer trying trying to champion the term student athlete, which has just been a hokey thing since the fifties when that term was originally came up. But but actually seeing it play out, seeing it finally play out, it, it's almost surreal because I honestly thought this day would never come. I thought the NCAA would pull out all the stops to make sure this did not happen, and they finally caved they didn't allow it they caved like they caved to pressure like the correct pressure mm-hmm. and they're allowing it. It, it it's it's just surreal but it's a good surreal and, and this is this is the right thing to do for the student athletes or athletes i i'm trying to condition myself to not use the term student athletes because it's just ncaa bs jargon but it's great to see these these guys being able to finally cash in on their own name their own image instead of being told by people who shouldn't even be in control of what they do. I don't know if you should make money. Let me just go over here and do nothing and count my money. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's definitely a a very interesting heel turn here for the NCAA to, you know, after so many years of pressure and not being willing to cave. I read a statistic months ago about the NCAA spent twice as much money on enforcing their policies and enforcing their rules as they would if they just paid out a certain amount of money to their athletes. So they have been lobbying for years to protect them themselves from ever having to get to this point. Um, and, and to be honest with you, you know, you, no matter where you stand in the aisle and in, in, in politics, whether you like governor Bashir, whether you don't, that doesn't really matter here, but because what has happened over time with athletes has become more of a civil rights an issue than it is, um, about athletes in sports and society. It's about um, it's about paying employees and paying people. Uh, in this case, who are making money, they they are the ones who are directly responsible for all of college athletics becoming as as powerful with money as it is. And so it's great. You're right. It's so awesome to see these people, uh, these 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 athletes, both male and female. And uh, you know, there were so many questions about whether females were going to be able to keep up here um, and be able to get that. You know, whether the women's sports were going to attract the sponsorships. And we've seen it after day one. It's just day one, but we've seen it. It's encouraging. Like this isn't the There's college be more sports. Will, the, the college sports will fall apart the day you start paying athletes. No, it's empowering college athletes and it's probably going to make college athletics more um and in tune with what club systems are over in europe and in other countries where they're constantly developing talent and players can make money at 14 you don't get the luka Doncic's of the world um in slovenia if you don't have clubs for these guys to be able to go and to learn and perfect their craft and become you know really really great athletes so i think the overall quality of the the sports uh, sports in general are going to get much better but 
I thought yesterday was was interesting to watch just what companies came out, what partnerships they're um, kind of implementing. And as somebody, again, I, I mentioned this at the top, and I don't like to really talk about this much. I don't, my marketing and sports worlds don't collide a, a ton, but um, this is something that I've been kind of wa- waiting to see because, and Matt, do you know what ROI stands for? Is that, is that a term or a return a, a term on investment? Yep. All right, beautiful. That's the biggest thing in marketing, 100%. And these athletes uh, are available now. They've got a lot of power. Uh, they've got a lot of influence. You know, social media has allowed them to get connected with fans like never before. But at the end of the day, if somebody is signed to a deal and that deal does not lead to any um, type of ROI, that ROI doesn't have to be direct sales. It can be brand awareness, brand loyalty. It can be brand consideration. It can be all kinds of things, overall brand education. Um, it can be engagement on social media. There are a number of different um, key performance indicators and, and things that you can measure ROI on. But if right. a player, an athlete does not do that, those deals are going to evaporate quickly. And yep. so uh, it's great to see all of these players sign deals right out of the gate. It's awesome to see guys like Jordan Watkins get a uh, podcast show with, with a website like cardinalsports.com. That's a great for them. You know why that's great, Matt? Because it's going to be something that they can put behind a paywall and people will pay for. It's brilliant. It's brilliant on both sides. They win. Jordan right. Watkins wins. He increases his footprint, his branding. It's a win-win in a lot of a lot of scenarios. But the thing I saw yesterday that really is concerning is just the the pure number of players that are tweeting things and and have these these ads on social media. It is going to quickly flood the market, and there's going to be a lot of noise um, that that takes place. And there's only so much money to go around from a fan base, right? Right. If 12 players have merchandise deals, not all 12 players are going to sell equally, right? And so a business is only going to invest based off of one thing, and that's making money. At the end of the day, this is all about businesses being able to make money. And if players can't do that for them, and if the ROI isn't strong enough for businesses, these deals will evaporate very quickly. And it will be that top-down type of deal where the big names get all of the money and it creates a bigger bigger gap. Um, but that's the one thing yesterday just stood out to me is just the pure number of it. I didn't think it'd come out that quickly like that. I mean, it, it's everything here is trial and error because this is literally unprecedented in this realm. Because we, we we had no idea what to expect. We didn't know who was going to sign what, what companies were going to get involved. I mean, it seems like every hour that passes, there's a new company that pops up that special that quote unquote specializes in name image likeness optimization. It, it's a whole new world. It's, it's insane. We don't know what's going to work. We don't know what's going to be successful. We don't know what's going to pan out. We don't know what has long-term success. We don't know who's more of a flash in the pan. It's because I remember seeing De'Eric King sign a four different endorsement deals on day one. And I remember he told uh, Sports Illustrated, uh, Ross Dellinger, that on that day alone in signing bonuses for these deals, he made $20,000. And that's the good side of things, right? For them, they're increasing their brand awareness. They're they're able to kind of conquer new markets and new regions because they're able to find the uh, the pool to be able to um, influence people in their purchasing decisions. But again, these companies are going to uh, pay attention to what works, what doesn't work, and the 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 Riegers and the Micah Blands. And no offense to them, they're they're trying to capitalize on their name and make make money with this. But they are going to have to continue to to kind of build their brand, build their personality outside of their partnerships to be able to have the influence and power. It's going to be really yeah. tricky to kind of see how that works out. 
Um, and so, yeah, there's there's going to yeah, be someone, some, some differences there. Someone like Jordan Watkins is taking the the exact approach. Like he he's partnered with GoPuff, but that's not the only thing he's doing. He partnered with Rivals to not only get his name out there and his his personal brand grown, but he partnered to like have his own podcast on the network. And I'm sure people are going to want to listen to a podcast by a current player. I'm sure they'll be able to provide some insights that a lot of people won't normally. And while he's on his podcast and whatnot, like say in the middle or leading off or towards the end, he'll just say, oh, oh yeah, go ahead and like, shop through GoPuff, use promo code, such and such. And like, that's, it's one thing to start a partnership. It's one thing to continuously maintain that partnership the proper way. Cause if you go about a yeah. partnership like this and you're not putting in the, the, not really necessarily putting in the work, but not doing yourself a service by properly putting that your partner out there, it's not going to be successful. Someone like Jordan Watkins is not only doing himself a service, but his partner service. And in the end, that's going to make himself more uh, notable and it's going to make him more money. Yeah. This is where I think uh, somebody like Joey Wagner is going to be really, really helpful to a lot of local athletes um, because for players, I think it's really easy. Like I said, to look at things with just rose rose pair of glasses to see the earnings potential and what could be without really understanding how it works um, and understanding that at the end of the day, businesses aren't forking up thousands of dollars in sponsorship deals just because they like you or because you're a good player. They want to make money, right? They want to capitalize on being able to do that by having you as a sponsor to make money. And so it's going to be really important for players to understand that, to evaluate deals, what works good for their brand, what doesn't. There's going to be a lot of shady business out there. A lot of business owners who it's don't going do to things the right way. Point. Right, yep. exactly. And it's it's a scandal waiting to happen, and it's a really easy thing to hurt a program if players aren't understanding of the the, the risk and the concerns and not just seeing the dollar figures. Like that's I'll, the and big I'll thing. compare how Louisville is doing in this market compared to other schools locally, and it seems like the university of Kentucky isn't, hasn't really done their homework as, as much as Louisville does. And on day one, it didn't really seem, didn't really seem like there was as much going on, going for them. At least granted, I don't follow hardly any Kentucky people. Sure, I sure. personally don't. I, I think but. that you can see sometimes where Louisville benefits from having an athletic director who is in a, is from a business background um, and not, just so ingrained in sports that they don't see the big picture here. Uh, Mitch Barnhart seemed very reluctant when he was talking about name image likeness of adopting it and wanting it to become common practice and something that they encourage their players to pursue. Like he obviously was talking about it. He was on board more so because he knows he has to or else their school is going to fall by the wayside. Uh, but then you hear Vince and the way that they are uh, they are educating their athletes, how they've already um, have so much, uh, you know, different literature on what businesses should do, what fans should do, what they shouldn't do, what players should be watching for. They've partnered with Open Doors, which, you know, from a perspective of what they do, they're the leader in this kind of app, right, in this kind of movement Um and it's going to be very important for the university to continue to educate their athletes and continue to uh, make sure that their athletes know what, what's happening. But Kentucky, I didn't see anything besides a few of their basketball players being on Cameo. And they're going to make a killing there, let's be honest. Uh, but it just doesn't feel like there's a, a team that's kind of out ahead of this. They're going to be somebody that catches up. And this is an opportunity for Louisville to really kind of, uh, you know, I make the point, your university – kind of leads the way there and uh, the athletes are going to only do as well as the university allows them and they're prepared for 
so it's good to see that Vince Tyree and Louisville are out ahead of this. All right, let's talk about recruiting for a little bit, Matt, because I, I definitely think that uh, there are some fans uh, across the Ville right now who are excited, who really love the what the, the class is turning out to be for Louisville and Scott Satterfield here in uh, the start of July. And I also think there's a really – I don't know how big of the chunk of the fan base there is, but I think there's some that are questioning what is happening here. We've heard about for a long time. It feels like that the, the hot words with this recruiting class are small, small class, um, mm-hmm. you know, less scholarships uh, get to be more picky with who we pick. We get to uh, really, you know, take the best of the best. And, you know, just to kind of give off some statistics here, Louisville's got six commitments already in the class. Uh, they rank 71st nationally. 13th in the ACC. The average rating is a point, uh, 0.87. So they have one four-star, three two-stars, and two players who are unranked. Three three-stars. <laughs> yeah, three three three-stars. <laughs> I, I, I got what you meant. It's just one of them. I know you're you, – I get the point you're trying to make, but I don't want you to short-sell the recruiting class that much. <laughs> what did I say? You, said three, about- you said three two-stars. Oh, three two-stars. Okay, yeah. So three three-stars and then two, <laughs> two unranked players. Um, it begs the question, Matt, is Louisville underachieving? Should they be doing better at this point? Or are you on the side of the fence that says it's the beginning of the class. Now they can really start to target the good players. Like where do I you just, kind of sit on this? It, it's kind of hard it, on paper. Yes, they are underachieving. Like, like you mentioned, this is going to be a smaller class. It allows you to kind of put more of your eggs into bigger baskets so using that euphemism, I probably completely butchered it, but you get what I'm trying to so sure. put down. But sure. based on what we see on paper, we've got pop. They've got Popeye Williams, four star. They've got three for really yeah, for him. I, I I think he gives off the vibe that he. I think he'll remain committed. But then again, I thought the same thing about Zimikowski, and look what happened there. But I digress. Uh, they've got three really solid three stars in Isaiah Reed, uh, Kaleeb Johnson, and I keep saying Kaleeb Johnson, even though I know it's Caleb, but that's how I started pronouncing it at the beginning, and I'm going to continue that but that's just me and then they've got i've got a couple of players who aren't nationally ranked to begin with i think when you look at what they this like i said earlier this is a a class and a cycle where there hasn't been a ton of prop in person proper evaluation there hasn't been a lot of in-person evaluation period because our good old friend covid had other things to do so the national ranking of prospects is probably the least accurate it has been in years, just because they're going based more so off of speculation than they have in years. Now, in the last month, that's starting to sh- that's starting to shake out with resumption of in-person recruiting. Uh, camps are starting to be back in full swing, whether that's hosted by universities or hosted by independent recruiting services and whatnot. But so that it'll eventually start to get corrected. But heading into this cycle, most of the like rankings of of, uh, prospects in the class was largely due to film from a season which may be half or less participated in and speculation. So you're going to get a lot of players who, by all accounts, they could be a low, a low ceiling four star or a high ceiling three star. And they could be completely unranked and have only a handful of offers from, say, the FCS level. That's happened. And I think that's what the kind of situation that Louisville finds himself into. I 
when I looked at the film for Max Cabana, the offensive lineman that they recently got a couple weeks ago, the guy out of Canada, I the film that I was basing my evaluation on was his sophomore year. And that's because he didn't get to have a junior year because of uh, the coronavirus. And, and based on what I saw, I could see the potential. And, and I tried looking for more updated film, more recent film, and it just wasn't there. So pretty much the only people who are getting to actually evaluate in person prior to maybe a month ago were the, the, the programs themselves. So based on what I saw, yeah, there were, there were some concerns, but I could see, like, I could see why they would have interest in this kid. And based, I was seeing him from a year and a half ago. That was way, way far in the past. He's completely, I haven't seen any, a bunch of recent pictures of him. I've seen a few, but he's got a, he's got a slightly different physique. I'm sure his game has changed a little bit, whether that's for the better or for the worse. But basically the film that I saw of this, of this particular guy was, outdated to the point where like most evaluators in a normal cycle probably wouldn't even use it. So, and that's just, that's just one guy. You could, you could probably say the same. I'm going through the commitment list now. Yeah. Max Urbana just went over him chance tomorrow. He's, he was, and that's a prospect that I bring up because that's where a lot of the, the top tier programs recognize that recognize this. And they looked at this guy and said, okay, this guy wants like in-person recruiting resumes. He is going to be someone who starts to generate a lot of noise. Cause this, this was his top offer list when he actually committed Ohio state, Oklahoma, Notre Dame, Miami, Virginia tech. Three of those teams right now are championship contenders in Ohio state, Oklahoma, and, and Notre Dame, but I'll include them for argument's sake. So, I mean, yeah, he's an unranked recruit, but when you've got that caliber of programs going after him, he's probably better than what his recruiting ranking indicates. You could probably say the same for Xavier Thomas because he's got the, he's a bigger body slot receiver and, but his top offers were just Memphis, Louisiana, Lafayette and Southern Miss. Isaiah Reed, he had, he had a couple, a couple of P5 guys get involved. He, he, I think he's a little bit more raw, but he was a big physical kind of guy with once this, his senior year gets kicked off, I'm sure a lot more teams will get involved there. I think, Yes, from like just looking at a vacuum, Louisville's underachieving in this class. But that's because of the current rankings of prospects, exposure to prospects that we have now. Once the this current cycle gets a lot more in-person exposure, in-person film, in-person recruiting, yada, 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 I think this current crop of commits will start to get their due deal, their the recognition that they deserve. Okay. Here's where I'm going to play the contrarian for a second. I, I totally agree. We, oh. We've had enough people on this podcast and talked enough about, um, you know, Louisville being really good at what they're doing, evaluating talent, finding the right people. Um, even if their their offer sheet is Penn and Kansas State and whoever, like we understand their their MO is to find players that fit and develop them, right? Right. Okay. Now, here's where I have the problem with that. I understand that it's a year where recruiting is off. The evaluations aren't there. Some players are going to be, you know, underranked. Some are going to be overranked. Evaluating talent and finding the right fits is going to be more important than ever. Right. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yeah. No. I, yeah. The, okay. I, I would you, say so. Yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Okay. So general consensus, you agree that this is a different year. But at the same time, it's going to be extremely important to recruit at, at you know a high level, right? They're they're going into year four. This is the fourth recruiting class. 
Um, I understand there's only 13 spots, 10 spots available, but, but let me offer you this. Matt. And even right now, that number is still kind of fluid, depending on what kind of transfers sure. they get this year and who decides into the part of the program. Like even that number of like what the amount of commits they can get in this class is still relatively fluid. It's probably a lot more concrete now that the uh, deadline to enter the transfer portal and still have your waiver has passed. So now we'll probably start to have a more concrete idea of what that number is going to be, but it's still kind of up to this point. It was still in flux. Okay. All right. So point being Louisville has targeted some guys that are questionable. Um, And I go and I look at Florida state's rankings and I see that uh, they are the third best recruiting class in the country right now. Still really early, 14 commits, so a lot more than Louisville. Uh, and they're first in the ACC, and their average rating player is .90. Uh, here's the thing that I have a problem with, with when it comes to that. Louisville, um, for the last several years, has been in uh, a situation where they have the opportunity to, to kind of take a jump over Florida State. Uh, there for a while, Florida State was recruiting similar players. In fact, Louisville lost Chubba Purdy to Florida State. Jarrett Jackson transferred to Florida State. Louisville has seen players go to Florida State. They're always going to be the premier recruiting school. But what I have a problem with is when you're from Florida State, you go recruit where players know you're Florida State, and you can still go get the players you want. Louisville is dipping into a sunbelt a sun level of talent that they shouldn't even be at. Louisville should be recruiting more of the high-ranked, Players, I understand the rankings don't 100% matter, but you can only please a fan base by taking so many unranked players. And so far, it seems like Louisville has more Max Cabanas than they do Yaya Diabis or they do um, Jadarian Boykins, the four-star, three-star high. Like Louisville has gotten more of these guys. And I just think for the sake of the future of Scott Satterfield and Louisville, like if these guys come out and they do well, then great. It'll be all forgotten. But if Louisville struggles, Louisville fans are not going to forget the Max Cabanas. And I don't mean to keep harping on this kid because I'm sure he's a really good football player, and I hope he turns out to be a wonderful tackle, Matt. But do you get my point of – no, Florida State I, is I dipping totally in the waters of Florida State caliber players. Louisville is still missing the ball there. We're still missing the, the opportunity to dive into the really, really, really good players first and get these high three-star, four-star players and not taking so many unranked players, especially in a small class. It just makes me scratch my head and question, what are we doing here as a strategy of trying to become the next uh, best program to Clemson in the ACC? Because look at what North Carolina is doing. Yeah, Matt North Brown North Carolina is here as Scott Satterfield, and North Carolina is by all means now a national championship contending team, right? They're the the clear cut second best team in the ACC. They've got the best the best quarterback in the ACC. They've got five stars everywhere, and Louisville is in year four, going into year four of Scott Satterfield, and we're still seeing players unranked with offers from Kennesaw State. And pin, I just, I just don't get it in a lot of areas. I, I understand what it can be, but it seems like it's more of a disaster waiting to happen. No, I, I, I want to play devil's advocate just for a brief moment to with the North Carolina thing. I, I get your point there, but at the same, at, in the same breath, Mac Brown is has been known as the leading recruiter. Sure. I mean, hell, he's won a national championship before with Texas. I mean, I, there's a little bit of apples to oranges there, but I get your point. But like. I do agree with you to an extent because I remember going over um, Louisville's official visit list 
and just seeing some of the prospects. Now, of course, she had a whole bunch, a handful of like top tier guys. Like I know at some point, Trey Donaldson and Christian Miller are supposed to come before uh, David Cooper decided to bolt to Georgia. Uh, Caleb Johnson came in. Popeye Williams came in. Um, Isaac Ham came in. He's a really, he's a really good uh, defensive player out of Wisconsin. And, you know, people of that nature. And then it seemed like half or more than half of the other guys were players that didn't seem to have a national ranking. Now I want to go back to my original point saying, I'm sure some of these guys are probably woefully underrated, but by the law of averages, surely not all of them are woefully underrated. Sure. I'm surely all of these guys can't be diamond in the roughs. That's that's the point. That's the point. That's the point. And that's where I think Louisville's coaching staff uh, is walking a fine line of losing some of the diehard football fans because I understand that recruiting is subjective. Recruiting classes should be judged years down the road, not as players coming out of high school. I understand that Eric uh, Eric Wood and Preston Brown and Sheldon Rankins and Jalen Smith, these guys were these diamond in the roughs. I understand that Scott Satterfield won in the Sun Belt by with some of the the, the lowest tiered recruiting classes. I get all of it, but. It's like every commitment that Louisville gets at this point, I'm thinking to myself, not every, but most of them, I'm thinking to myself, okay, when when do the when do they start getting the higher rated kids? Because they're gonna run out of space. And I made the comment earlier of the commitments of Chance Morrow and Xavier Thomas concern me for one reason. Uh, and that's now what is up? What, what do they do with Marcarius White? Uh, Squirrel White, who just was visiting a few weeks ago, he's Caleb Johnson's teammate down in Pinson, Alabama. Um doesn't seem like there's room for three receivers in a 13, 15 man class, right? In terms of just a numbers game, that's a very Bobby Petrino type thing. And I don't think this staff takes another receiver. So you've, you've pushed out your lone, you know, three high, three-star low four-star guy um, for these other two. And Matt, let me ask you a question. do you think in most fans mind, they'd rather have these two kids uh, chance Morrow and Xavier Thomas are the one that's higher rated. It's man it's, it's really that, hard what to... gets the fan base more excited just from a general standpoint stars <laughs> yeah so why are you taking commitments I, I understand the chance morrow thing the kid seems like when he his rating comes out like it's gonna be you know like a high three star maybe even a four star he's got four star offers um i guess i just you'd think that what louisville would try to be doing from a, a, a recruiting st- standpoint is really pushing with these limited classes of Look, man, Marcarius, you could come in and start year, you know, day one here. Why wouldn't you want to come to Louisville? Sure, you've got offers from from Auburn or from Alabama or wherever. I'm, I don't have his offer sheet pulled up, but Louisville gives you immediate playing time. You're in the ACC. It's the only the only sport in town or the only you know football in town. You can make money off of yourself. But instead, they're they're selling that pitch to to unranked guys, and it just makes me wonder how do you grow as Louisville. You know, uh, Howard Schellenberger once said that the only variable is time with Louisville being on a collision course with the national title. Not with recruiting classes like this. I don't see it. Not not in my opinion. Um, For Louisville to take the next step up in the ACC and become the second best team to Clemson, which is the goal. I mean, right now you're chasing Clemson, right? You yeah. got to start. You got to get the commitments from the Leighton Nelsons and the 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 Dane Shores and the Marcarius Whites and the um you know the 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 Christian Millers and Trey Donaldsons um for that to happen. And so far, it just doesn't. It, it's not happening. Call it luck. You know, call it whatever. We're gonna find out this year a lot of whether the development side of this staff is as good as advertised. But um, I think it's really fair for fans to question what is happening right now because even last year, Matt. 
when you talked about Christian Peterson, Vic Mullen, you talked about, um, gosh, I'm trying to go back, Ben Perry, uh, TJ Quinn, when they went on that run last year, it was guys that had offers, you know, and not every single one of them, but it seems like in this class so far, we're hearing that this is a diamond in a rough on every recruit. And with a small class, that's going to come back to bite them if these kids don't become starters or, you know, high end, um, you know, low end starter to, you know, for, to somebody who's just a contributor, you know what I'm saying? Like if these right. kids end up being transfers in a year, gosh, man, it's going to raise a lot of questions about what they're doing with the roster. I, I think I want to kind of wait to see how this next month kind of pans out on the recruiting trail because a, a couple high-end targets for Louisville will be starting to you know give their uh, commitment dates because I know uh, Justin Williams, the running back that they've been kind of involved with for a few months now, he's actually going to commit in what day is it? He's committing in three days. Yeah. And I know he Louisville has to like they're standing there. Uh, Jordan Allen, the cornerback, I can't remember where he's from, but I know Miami's been been really involved. He was supposed to take visits to, I think, Tennessee and Penn State, and he canceled both of those. So it's just basically a two horse race between Louisville and Miami. And he's a top five hundred prospect. So you gotta you gotta like Louisville's chances there. And then Sayla Brown, who I've said on this podcast multiple times, I think should be Louisville's number one priority, if not for his defensive acumen and talent, just for the sole purpose of reestablishing a recruiting presence in the city of Louisville. And I think I I read somewhere that he's going to be committing at some point in July. So over the next month is when I think we'll start to see this recruiting class start to take an uptick in quality, but I do agree with it. It's still, they've got to be reaching out for more, like for, for better prospects overall. I, I get that the diamond and the rough thing is basically their calling card and they've, they've been successful with it in the past, but you, once you, that's not going to cut it in the ACC. It'll cut it in the Sun Belt. It ain't going to cut it in the ACC. That and that's that's the thing. You're going to hear fans say that a lot. Um, this season is so important for that reason. For you know, the recruits are going to finally start to see the field. We're going to get to see what that looks like. No more COVID as an excuse. We're full yeah. back. And this you know. this is a crucial year because this is the year in which the roster will be almost entirely comprised of Scott Satterfield recruited guys or Scott Satterfield like brought in guys by transfer and things of that nature. So this could be potentially a make or break year for Scott Satterfield. I agree. I agree. I agree. I think uh, it's, it's definitely going to be interesting and uh, the recruiting is not going away. It's going to be a narrative that we're going to talk about for months to come. A lot of change is going to happen. The kids that are recruited now, Matt, we've learned over the years, who knows if they're, they're going to sign. Um, expect- I mean, you got to laugh at recruiting when you see what happened with Isaiah Reed with his his caption essentially saying, yeah, I'm still being recruited, but for now, I'm just going to settle down here. Honestly, uh, I, so, I respect the honesty. Though. <laughs> right. Louisville got Louisville it got cuffed. Louisville is in cuffing season right now. And Isaiah Reed is just making sure that he's got his date to prom, uh, but he wants to see what else is out on the field. And he's honest about it, but that's the recruiting world for you. Yeah, that's recruiting uh, in a nutshell. It's an industry built on the backs of 17-year-old kids. All right, let's let's transition into the the end of the show here, Matt. Uh, it's been a, a great time. I have really enjoyed this. Uh, a lot of interesting things happening with football uh, for Louisville, but a lot of things interesting to come. Um, just closing thoughts as we finish the show here uh, as to 
what you think name, image, and likeness, um, what it's going to mean for the future of Louisville? Because you're, you're really on the ground. You're, you're at the press conferences. You're hearing the nitty-gritty details. You're hearing the vision being laid out. Uh, just give me some of your closing thoughts on what, what you kind of expect. I think Louisville's in a very good position to set themselves up for future success with prospects later on down the road because they've been so far in front of this topic. I mean, Vince Tyree has been championing this championing this good grief since September when they first partnered with Open Doors. And they, as and since the NCAA can't be relied on leadership, Vince Tyree kind of t- took that upon his shoulders. And he laid the helps lay the framework for guidelines. He helped lay the framework for like educational purposes because they have a whole host of resources available to these guys to be able to make smart decisions, make sound decisions, make good business decisions, and make just don't be idiots, pretty much. And based on what is available to guys now, considering Louisville is pretty much the sports program in town i know we're racing uh, racing fc and louisville city fc are making names for themselves but until an nfl or a major league baseball or an nba team gets here louisville louisville is going to be the is louisville's going to rule the roost in this city there's just no ifs ands or buts about it so they they have huge opportunities to be able to capitalize on this and it seems like they're taking the steps in the right direction you're absolutely right. I think that you're seeing a program that understands that this is an opportunity for them to get a leg up and, and really push themselves to the upper echelon of the ACC, um, not just in football, but in all sports. Um, getting the the endorsements for football and basketball is huge, but as a university, when you can get all of your sports, including non uh, revenue generating sports, which they shouldn't be called that anymore because they're clearly going to be able to generate. They're going revenue. to be generating revenue. <laughs> Correct. Uh, you know, the Olympic sports, um, it, it's going to be an incredible opportunity for a place like Louisville, like I said, to grow because they are the, the main show in town. There are businesses here that are really invested in being um, partners with the university and partnering with the student athletes, uh, excuse me, just athletes. Now the paid athletes, I don't even know what we call them anymore. Like they're, they're not just athletes, but they're not student athletes. The, the paid athletes now are going to have a real opportunity to um, build their brand and do what we've seen people like Luke Hancock and um, others who stay in the city post career Dion branch and, and get involved uh, and make money here and have businesses here. Louisville is going to really set them up to be able to do that. And the ACC network stuff, the broadcast center, all of that is going to play in a role in really helping Louisville become a university that can get any kind of kid at any sport. Uh, so that's exciting to see. All right. We thank you guys for tuning in and listening. Do not forget about the giveaway that is live now on our social media. Make sure that you follow the directions there. We've got those posted so that you can post the screenshots and do everything you got to do. And again, the winner is going to walk away with that Lamar leap barrel head. Um, with a Scott Satterfield cameo and some, some state of Louisville gear, courtesy of our friends over at t-shirt hooligan. Uh, I'm Jacob Lane, state of Louisville.com. Matt McGavick. You can find him on Twitter at general at general. Wasp, Man, neither of us can talk today. <laughs> can't, we'll, we'll get there at Louisville on SI. Appreciate all the work you're doing, Matt. You're grinding long hours with people. Of Louisville are enjoying it. Thank you for producing that content. We will catch you guys next week.
Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.